Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Fuck the front line, bitch. Showtime, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Cinema Flare podcast here on cinemaflare.com and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. First and foremost, thank you so much for taking time out to listen to Cinema Flare. Um, I'm your host, Wade Needham, and today we have special guests. We got my buddies, the DA and Jeff. What's going on, guys? Fine. I'm doing great. What's going on? Fine. What the hell was that? I like to keep my answers nice and short. You phone boner. Jack of weed. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Have you scratched any CDs lately? Um, Yeah, only the CD that you wanted me to scratch. You know, ever since you've been watching The Ringer, you want me to scratch all your CDs. Yeah. Why do you talk different now, Jeff, than you talked before? What? I... Hmm? Huh? What? I'm making what? lasagna. Can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> bacon, bacon. Make, yeah, make it. Yeah, I was watching Karate Kid on uh, USA last week, and they edited yeah. that shirt out. <laughs> As if pigs. Really? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. Wait, we can curse on this, right? Yeah, I don't wow, that's like that's like uh, them replacing guns with walkie talkies in ET, the new edition. <laughs> Did they actually do that? Yes, they did. Oh, why? Oh, so it could be more PC. And uh, South Park made a joke about it on how stupid it was. Oh, yeah, it was, oh man, it's very stupid. Oh, yeah. Very, 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 very stupid. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this episode of uh, Cinema Flare is uh, uh, it's a look back at one of, one of the hidden gems of the night or the eighties, I should say um, a very underrated film from the eighties. Uh, it, it's very near and dear to my heart. And I know it's, it's very, very near and dear to, to Jeff's heart too. And uh, last week it was the DA's first time ever watching this movie, but we're talking uh, on this episode about 1989's best of the best starring Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, Sally Kirkland, Simon Ree, Chris Penn, and Philip Ree, who uh, co-wrote the story and, and co-starred you know, in, in the film as well. Um, the plot revolves around a team of American martial, arts, uh, mar- martial artists uh, facing a team of South Korean martial artists in a martial arts tournament. Can they fit? Martial arts, one more time in that opening sentence of the synopsis, guys. <laughs> well, it's, it's very clear. It's, it's very, very clear, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it says here, several subplots uh, pop up in the story, moral conflicts, the power of the human spirit, triumphing over adversity, and the meaning of life are some of the themes. I, I didn't get the whole meaning of life thing. I, I don't know about you guys, but we'll get into that. Uh, just like the masterminds, we'll get into that later. Um, it was, uh, set and filmed in Los Angeles, California and in South Korea between February 13th and April 6th, 1989. And best of the best was released on November 10th, 1989. 
It's a runtime of 97 minutes. The budget was $5 million, which I know DA is probably going to be surprised at that one. And you're going to love this one too, DA. The box office, $1.7 million. Really? Wow. They couldn't even Yikes. break even on a $5 million budget. And that's not even including uh, advertising and, and everything. So, yeah, they they uh, it's amazing to think that. And then wasn't there a bunch of sequels too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there were. Yeah, there's a total of four of them. Philip so Reeves like, and all of them. Yeah. You know, we just love losing money on this franchise. Let's make more. The opposite of Avatar. <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious now. I want to see the, the budget and the box office for the other movies. So in part two, it was a $7 million budget. So they said, all right, we lost money, so let's give them $2 million. But check this out. The box office was $6 mil. Oh, all right. Yeah, the box office, six times more than the first one. I'm wondering if it was one of those situations where it just wasn't on enough screens and it got popular in home video. That could very well back be. back then, you know, at least I don't remember very many theaters having multiple, you know, being multiplexes like they are today where you have 12 screens. I think it was just one or two. You had your main event and your, your B show. Yeah, you know, and, and to prove your point there, when I was growing up um, in little Beaumont, California, we didn't even have a movie theater in Beaumont. We had to go to Banning, the next town over, and they only had three screens. I remember uh, once going down to Manhattan and in, in New York City, and they only had, you know, two screens, and they were showing, I forget what it was, but it was just two films. So, yeah, I, I don't... That's probably what happened, and especially for them to increase the budget in the next one. Nowadays, you couldn't get away with that. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though, and and I, we're, we're going to have to watch the second one because I, as much as I enjoyed the first one, the second one had a very very unique look, feel, and atmosphere. Well, the whole thing about it, it was set in Vegas, so I think that's where your budget went for that one. I remember watching that movie too. Yeah. Uh, Wayne Newton is in it. Yep. That's another increase in budget right there for fucking Wayne Newton. There's some kind of contract somewhere where if a movie's based on Vegas, he has to show up. He wasn't in The Hangover. He was in Vegas vacation. Yes, he was. was. (laughs) He tried to steal Sparky's wife. Yeah, exactly. Not this time. Yeah. Travis Brickley will fucking knock his head off. <laughs> and that was really quick way to be like, yeah, he wasn't in the hangover. I'm very quick witted. And I, you know, Apparently. when it comes to certain movies and genres, I know my movies, you know, your Vegas movies, not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I do know the hangover ones, but, uh, back to best of the best three and four were, uh, straight to the home video. <laughs> yes, there were. Yeah. Or the um, Mulan 2 and with, Nine King 2.5 of the best of the best franchise. Beth with, both with Philip Reed. Yeah, and in um, and, and 3, to bring in uh, another star, they brought in Gina Gershon, who, especially at that time when that was released, she was like the B-movie queen. Uh, like around the time she did Showgirls? Yeah. Maybe? <laughs> I think what Showgirls was probably her peak. 
or that movie uh, Bound. I think that's the first movie I saw her in. I don't think I've watched Showgirls. The first one. I mean, when I first watched it. Oh, okay. Uh, and the fourth best of the best, they brought in Ernie Hudson. Ernie oh, Hudson. He's always, he's always awesome. Even in the worst movie possible, he's still pretty good. He's still a bright spot. I love them in Airheads. As <laughs> the cop? Yeah. Put cottage cheese in a, I think it was a Raiders helmet. <laughs> it was something like that. They had to get, get the uh, naked pictures of B. Arthur. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Judd Nelson looks at the uh, picture. B. Arthur. Yeah. Uh, DA, remember uh, it was last month when you and I were watching Die Hard? And yeah. I, I remember I asked you if you saw Airheads? I think you said uh, no, right? Yeah, I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, it was the guy that played Kramer, Michael Richards? Uh-huh. Yeah, he was in that. And like his whole character was pretty much an entire spoof on Die Hard. <laughs> Oh wait, Michael Richards? Yeah, in Airheads. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, he has a like glasses and a mustache. Yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. the cops told him to get intel on on the guys uh, on the Lone Rangers. So he was crawling through the air vents and all that stuff, and he had like a lighter, and they gave him a gun, and it was just funny hell. It's funny as hell, man. It's good shit. Oh. uh uh yeah i do remember that movie uh yeah there's three of you you're not exactly alone yeah can't be the lone <laughs> rangers <laughs> yeah. kind of dim-witted like yeah that was one of the first times i've seen adam sandler on the big screen yeah yeah that was so. uh yeah that came out before his uh his string of hits like billy madison and happy gilmore and all them oh yeah, yeah. so but anyway Let's uh let's go back to best of the best. <laughs> yeah, best of the best. Uh let's uh the the cast. Uh Eric Roberts played uh Alexander Grady, James Earl Jones was coach Kuzo, Philip Reed was Tommy Lee, and he didn't do any bad things on a boat according to DA. Um Chris Penn played the uh the infamous Travis Brickley. I gotta so, say that I'm I'm really happy that Mr Mr. Penn, Mr. Chris Penn was able to find work after that van plowed into his house. Wait, what? And what? Uh, yeah, you know, Chris Penn from uh Canada was a, I think he was a moderator at once on the uh Edu <laughs> <laughs> Sure. What? You're That's fucking no, we're moron, talking about dude. We're talking about Sean Penn's late brother. That's Chris oh. Tan, not Chris Penn. Oh. oh. <laughs> I get him confused all the time. Jesus Christ. yeah he plays he plays like a total stereotypical redneck yeah (laughs) i've never seen him in in anything outside of corgi romano so it was refreshing to see him do something kind of different you've never seen reservoir dogs uh no oh nice guy eddie come on you really (gasps) never seen reservoir dogs Footloose. That, that is correct. Footloose. No, I don't think I've seen it. You know, no, this conversation seen. of what he's not seen would make an excellent podcast on its own. <laughs> yeah, Wait, he's going to name off. Why are you even part of this discussion then? <laughs> I, I did see best of the best. We, we need a That's new. Why I'm part of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, he's, saw... <laughs> he, he's the curtain jerker. I'm the mid-carter. Jeff, you're the main event of this <laughs> fucking movie. <laughs> 
oh gosh, I just love this movie. It has authentic fights in it. Oh yeah. Oh, you should have heard the reactions of the DA when guys were getting plummeted in this movie. <laughs> oh, there's some nice takedowns of the the fights. They looked real too. They really did sell it, especially Eric Roberts. Like when that bar know, fight, he's on oh, the phone. The bar- and they're all fighting uh, Kane Hodder. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't realize it until last week when we were watching it that Kane Hodder was in there. I started marking out afterwards. I was like, holy crap, man, Jason Voorhees was in this. Yeah, he's uh, messing up with uh, messing up uh, Team USA Karate. <laughs> yeah. It was like when, we were, when me and Wade uh, had watched uh, Ward Fairlane and... and... <laughs> Freaking Roadhouse. <laughs> I was thinking of uh, what's that guy? Robert Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it was in the entire movie dressed like a like a blue oyster bar guy. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh da. <laughs> and he has a and he has a British accent in the movie too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, he's Robert England, and I guess he's got to be English. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's not, he's from the states. That, that's a movie we should do a, an episode about one day is Ford Fairlane. Yeah, that is a, uh, it, it is legally a film. Yeah. <laughs> it was directed by a, a great action director, Rennie Harlan. Yeah. Did, uh, yeah. Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh, I love The Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, action classics right dude, there. I got to be honest. I, dude, it's probably been the 90s since I've seen Last kiss goodnight gina davis was freaking awesome oh yeah man that was like that was that was a move that kind of helped resurge her career almost like she's a freaking badass like yeah female action star before you know angela jolie and all them you know yeah before Uh, the show alias yeah well we're gonna go back also to you know ellen ripley like you know my favorite movie aliens yeah so but uh, anywho, we're gonna go back to the best of the best. <laughs> All right, nothing's ever gonna keep you down. You're the best of the best. That's Karate Kid. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. <laughs> which had better sequels, by the way, in my opinion. Yeah, I love the the next Karate Kid with uh, Hillary Swank. Oh Jesus Christ! Ah, uh, you know, uh, that's horrible. I'm sorry. You know, well, that's uh, horrible about it. Is it because a woman's learning karate? Women can't learn karate now? You know, uh, Pat Morita, he... Uh, passed away, passed, yeah, we know. Passed, passed away here in Las Vegas, where I, where I live. Well, he actually was telling the story that he passed away. Oh, jeez. Jeff became best of the best when he took out Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> He's like, I could kick your ass. He's like, I am 90 years old. I don't oh, care. Come on. Fucking Miyagi was throwing out karate stars. He was throwing out cards. Hey. Actually, he was a, a gambler, an avid gambler. Yeah. That's why he moved here. Yeah. So, and yeah, unfortunately, he passed away and his presence was missed on Cobra Kai. But I, always, I always enjoyed uh, his uh, appearances on Happy Days. Arnold, right? Uh, um, he was Arnold. Was he Arnold? Yeah, <laughs> he was a funny guy. <laughs> He's a like a comedic actor. Then this is like a 
something that like you know uh changed his whole like uh his image with playing mr miyagi doing a little something a little more serious yeah you know he could do something other than comedy well he was kind of funny in those movies you know honking creases uh <laughs> nose and everything yeah then he went yeah. on then he went on to do that movie with jay leno uh collision course yeah that's no. a that's a cla- that's a cult classic right there yeah, so that's a total buddy cop comedy. Yeah. Like, kind of in the vein of Lethal Weapon, but not really. It's mostly more comedy than action. Speaking of Lethal Weapon, DA saw them for the first time this past July. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah and I got to say, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought they were going to not hold up, but those movies were freaking amazing. Even, uh, you know, all the way up to the fourth one. And I'm kind of excited to see the fifth one if you... Want to just ignore that? Uh, what's his face is a racist. No, real quick, I'll just say this: <laughs> judge him, judge him all you want, but Mel Gibson was perfect for uh, playing Riggs. That that is a great piece of casting right there, because he because he's crazy in real life. Yeah, and he always banged all the hottest chicks too. He's, well, yeah, he did. he's a badass. Hell yeah. He was a freaking badass. Are we ever going to see a sequel to The Passion of the Christ? With the resurrection? Like, the story continues, right? But anywho... The, um, the erection. The resurrection. Oh, my bad. The resurrection of Christ. Yeah, you could continue the story. Uh. But, um, anywho... Uh, so if we can go back to the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> this is the whole topic is best of the best. I know. A movie, not a lot of people saw that in theaters when it came out. It found its Apparently, audience on... 1.7 million box office. <laughs> it found its audience on cable and video. I mean, that's why a, a sequel was, was made because of that. Yeah. So, and Eric Roberts was only in the sequel, the, the second one, not the other two after that. Dude, spoilers. I was just telling you about the cast. We, we won't tell you this, the, spoilers. what happens in the second one, though, because he hasn't seen it. Well, well, you can look it up on Internet Movie Database. Eric Roberts' name is not on there. Yeah. Uh, what so, I'm reading here about the reception of the original Best of the Best is uh, professional critics. Well, I like that, professional critics. Roger uh, Ebert. They were universally negative about the film, although it inspired several sequels that had gained uh, a following over the years. On Metacritic, the film uh, has a weighted average score of 26 out of 100 based on seven really? critics, indicating general, generally unfavorable reviews. Um, in his well, book, Iceman, My Fighting Life, UFC champion Chuck Liddell cites Best of the Best as his personal favorite martial arts film. Yeah, that okay. was his favorite. Yeah, over Enter the Dragon. And really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, movie historian Leonard Malton, on the other hand, dismissed the picture as, quote, yet another Rocky clone and an appalling waste of talent, a top drawer cast in search of a script, end quote. It's pretty harsh. I don't think I agree with that. I, I don't think it was a Rocky clone in any way, shape, or form. Like, yeah, you had the 
uh, character of Alex being somewhat down on his luck and, and just waiting for the next shot. But also the the other comparisons like uh, Rocky is just a whole nother film on its own. Well, well I, no, they did take a lot of elements from Rocky and I thought it was some of them was also Rocky four because of how the you know, the they call them the Korean martial arts team. Yeah. You know, just going through the snow and everything like Rocky did and uh Rocky Four. There was a lot of that. But not entirely. <laughs> you know, bouncing off of that, I, I really enjoyed all the montages throughout the movie too. I, I I felt like they were a great addition to it and uh really saved a lot of time by just showing guys working out and like you said, in the snow and and working out in the gym and stuff like that and definitely added to the, the movie and uh, well uh he was talking about the reviews uh there was one of them that gave a gave it one star was roger ebert really uh he yeah he created an acronym called uh Klidvik, which is stands for climb from despair to victory uh yeah it's in yeah it's in his review clid vic climb huh. from despair to victory yeah that's kind of like started from rocky so and then uh, all these cliches that's what the critics hated about it so <laughs> i guess thinking about the movie as a whole it, it is definitely not for critics I, I think it's more for fans of uh film because I, I didn't see any major issues with it at all. Yeah, it's it's somewhat of a... Actually, it's not, I was going to say you knew what was going to happen, but I, I fully expected the American team to win. And they got the ass kicked. Actually, it was only by like two points. Yeah, not only Still, that, though, I think the, the ending, <laughs> when Tommy didn't kick Dehan, I think that was a, a nice, you know, swerve. Oh, he's going to kill him. Don't kill him, Tommy. Yeah, because, you know, See, earlier in the film when they were practicing and uh, Coach Cuzo yelled at him, you know, to, to kick, and he kicked Virgil and knocked him out. You know, that kind of led up to how powerful that, that kick of his is. And when he started planting his feet and turning and getting position, you know, and then Cuzo was yelling out, no, don't do it, you know, which, of course, when Darth Vader yells at you to do something, you listen to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of like, it's also the the villain is played by uh, Philip Reed's brother Simon. Yeah, it's like uh, at least they, they they choreographed that fight very well. I can just tell why they casted as those like you know he's the protagonist, the antagonist. I mean they know each other's skill set, so that's how they sold it perfectly with the fight. You want to know why he he didn't kick Dehan? Um, I'll tell you why. Well, because because Simon didn't say. Uh. <laughs> because that's Simon Reed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Hey, he played a. He's a cool bad guy. He's got an eye patch and everything. Yeah. Right. Like Dehan. Like it's kind of like a a Mortal Kombat character. You know, <laughs> and he got beat so bad the eye patch ended up on the other eye. But then you see his <laughs> that that glass eye. 
kind of, and you could just tell he's looking up in the the sky, going, oh. Yeah, and then and uh, it, when the Korean team gave the American team the, their medals. Yeah, well, they were also trying to show some little bit of like a you know, give it more of a dramatic weight to it, and it did work because uh, even with also Eric Roberts, he's good in this movie despite the material he's given. You know. Oh yeah, he's got the patented yeah. Eric Roberts cry everywhere, you know. And... Yeah, he he can act. Oh yeah. Like uh, just the reason though why he didn't really have such a you know as popular as he should he should have been. Uh, I think it was probably because of his past drug use. You know, last week I was watching the season premiere of The Righteous Gemstones on HBO, and I I popped pretty big because Eric Roberts is in this new season. Oh really? Yeah, he's funny as hell, man. He uh he plays the the grown up version of the of the of a son of a wrestling promoter from like the sixties and shit. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, because you know, fuck, big wrestling fans, the three of us. It's funny to watch yeah. this this show and to see them and hear them talk like wrestling terms on that show and Eric Roberts. Is it? it per, I can't imagine anybody else playing this character. I'm gonna have to show you guys like a clip, like when we're not recording, of uh, of him on there. But Eric Roberts, to you know, bounce off what you're saying, man, about his range as an actor, it's 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 phenomenal because he can do something like Best of the Best, but then he can go into the Righteous Gemstones and be right up there with Danny McBride in the comedy. Yeah, I heard great things about that show. I know John Goodman's also in it, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, uh, I heard great things of the show. I just haven't really got the time to get around to it yet. Yeah. But also, going back to Best of the Best, it movie features three Oscar nominees and one Oscar winner. Really? It, yeah. You know, Eric Roberts was nominated, James Earl Jones, Sally Kirkland. Uh-huh. And uh, the winner is Louise Fletcher, who plays his mother, who played Nurse Ratched in um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Really? Yeah. Wow. So it's got like a, you know, nice pedigree of actors. Oh, yes. So uh, this wasn't really, you know, trying to be like this cheap uh, Rocky clone. See, when I when I read that about them saying it was a Rocky clone, I didn't understand that because like they are two totally different animals one rocky is on a hero's journey and he's a single character best of the best you got the five characters coming together but then you also got you know you got your coach you got uh sally kirkland you got everyone else the family members all that stuff you got the the, the story of dayhan killing tommy's brother you got a whole lot of stuff going in together in a, such a little bit of time whereas like rocky you had a lot of uh time with the composition to like put together a background for that one single character to make you care more about about Rocky himself best of the best I think the the negative side of that is you didn't have enough time to really put over all these different characters because not only did you have the American team you had the Korean team that's why they heavily heavily relied on these montages like DA was talking about there was a lot of montage in this movie Especially, well, there's actually one part of the montage I actually thought was cool was when they were hitting the tree trunks and the snow was falling. 
Oh yeah. yeah, that was pretty vicious to see them doing that with you know no project, no gloves, no nothing, no just shirt on. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> bare hand in the tree. Yeah, and just seeing in slow motion the uh, the snow falling, like it looked, it was a cool visual, and showing that these guys are cold and vicious. You want to know what yeah. one of DA's favorite visuals was of this movie when we watched it last week? In the bar when that chick got punched. <laughs> oh, by uh, Kane, Kane Hodder. Yeah. I was not yeah. expecting that. I was expecting somebody else when she got laid out. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, that actress was in a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, jeez. I think so. so. She got railed by Kane twice? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. No, no. Uh, he was. He didn't play Jason, and I. I uh, think it was Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning, which Kane started being for, uh, Jason in the New Blood with the sleeping kill, the sleeping bag. Sorry, sleeping bag kill. <laughs> I gotta say, one of my favorite scenes in Best of the Best. It's kind of racist, but it, it was so good because it, it's that scene when they're all in the mess hall eating lunch or something, and. Uh, Chris Penn's character is getting into Tommy Lee's face and calling him all this all stuff, and, and and you know the tension's building, and he just goes, "What are you yeller?" And Tommy Lee just really relaxed and goes, uh, "Yeah," <laughs> <laughs> and everybody starts yeah. laughing. <laughs> he just breaks the tension immediately, <laughs> and Penn goes back to his seat and just continues to eat. Well, what? I just. Uh... He was such a stereotypical redneckish like guy wearing a cowboy hat, blasting up his rock and country music on his boombox. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just love that way he entered that whole competition. Like he just owned the place, you know. He's waltzing in like Vince walking down the ramp on Raw. All eyes were on him for sure. Oh yeah, all ears were on him too because that damn fucking ghetto blaster. <laughs> well, well, also you know, if you watch Footloose, he's really skinny. The keyword was. <laughs> he was really skinny, Jeez. and you know he's playing a martial artist. He's getting a little heavy. Yeah. Like, hmm. Because he, you figure, you figure that you know if he's doing martial arts, he'd be in shape, you know. But he's almost kind of like a Steven Seagalish. Oh, sort of <laughs> no offense Even to Chris Penn. Yeah. But and also there is a character, yeah, Sonny. This is by actually this guy's only credit uh, to his uh, filmography. The guy who plays Sonny Grasso. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only character traits you know about him is that he's he says he's Italian. And he's from Detroit. And that's it. And he has a really good uh, collection of music. Yeah. <laughs> and talks yeah. about, hey, you know, you see a wasteland from the window. That's Detroit every day. I think that's what he said. Yeah, it was window. <laughs> I think the one character to me that that stood out that was just like, what is he doing here? Was the the tech guy and the information guy? It was like, oh, I got information of every fighter on this computer, and, and then they just, oh yeah, it's the kind of like they were videotapes. They were they weren't doing anything with him. He was just there. Yeah. Well, James Earl Jones, he's great. At- Oh, oh yeah. he's phenomenal. He's, he, he he's definitely great brings that. Everything. He, he definitely brought or brought that uh, that coach presence where he he wasn't taking any shit. 
the authoritative voice, like, yeah, he was like perfect. Like, and goddamn, he just out acted everybody in that that room talking about the rules. And you guys are chosen. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great acting. He's and like, everybody, you, you guys go out tonight and get laid. Tomorrow, you guys are going to work. <laughs> but judging from the the current standards of women, I don't think so, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely no slouches in this movie as far as actors go. They're they're all bringing their A game. I disagree with you on that one. I think the what? one that, that played uh, Eric Roberts' kid, I think he sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in a coma for most of the movie. Yeah, but you know, when, it, you know, when you're acting and you're doing a performance, they say break a leg. They don't mean literally go break a leg. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, Eric Roberts acting with this kid though, it was like genuine. Yeah, like he's he's a he is a very talented actor. Like even with when he's in the hospital, seeing his son, it's like in crying. Like, dude, goddamn, he does give it all. I think Everybody's his secret gonna... to that was he was imagining somebody taking his bag of coke. Oh, come on. No, like, but, <laughs> yeah, it, oh, there is an excellent movie with Eric Roberts in it where he got an Oscar nomination. It was a movie called Runaway uh, Train. Uh, I thought you were going to say The Dark Knight. The run, Jesus Runaway. Christ, DA. Yeah. Oh, this is way before The Dark Knight. Like, uh, yeah, Runaway Train with John Voight. Oh, good old yeah. John Voight. <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. Like, just watch it, and yeah, he's got freaking also in a, a movie called Star Eighty. I'd like, like to see that on the poster for that movie. It's a great movie. Watch it. <laughs> Yo, know, John oh, no, Boyd, he uh, real quick, he scared the crap out of me in Anaconda. Oh, with his accent. Uh, just the whole presentation. Like, I think that was. <laughs> I, I don't think Wade gets a, uh, scared by accents. He no. has like this accent. Maybe certain accent walls I get, you know, <laughs> fearful. But no, I think like I think that was one of his greatest characters that he did. Other than he played Howard Cosell in the Ali movie too, right? Uh, yes, he did. He got an Oscar nomination. For yeah, it. He, he did a hell of a job in Ali. That was a really uh, and uh, what's his name? Um, Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox. Yeah, he was good at that. Yeah. But uh, you know the true standout was Will. Well, we're not. Yeah, Will Smith. But we're not talking about Ali. <laughs> That's why I wasn't talking much about Runaway Train because we're still talking about best of the best. Technically, we're talking about Ali because we're talking about the best of the best. That he was the best of the best at what he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was the greatest in his time period. But this, these fights were pretty, pretty good and pretty vicious, and realistic, and also show genuine emotion yeah you didn't have to do so, the, the crazy crap that hollywood does nowadays where they gotta like have all these really quick camera cuts and all that stuff to make it be more impactful like yeah like really solid camera work in this and you just you let you let the fighting do the uh storytelling for you i know right? I gotta, this is before shaky cam which makes fights look like shit today yes and I got, I got to keep going back to the Americans not winning. You know, you usually don't see that in a, in a movie. It's usually the, the the guys you follow, the good guys, supposedly, they go on to win. But the, this time, the heels won. This fucking well, guy over here saying Koreans aren't good. 
Okay, this is the whole point too with the movie is that they call them they call them Koreans. They never say South Koreans or anything, which is clearly it's South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. But they always say Korea. But judging from the flag on them, which is the South Korean flag, then yeah, it's South Korea because there's two of them, South and North. Yep. They're just trying to save time. They got to hit that 90 minute uh, runtime. Yeah. They went over budget. They couldn't say South. Yeah. Well, I don't know. The $5 million? That's, you know, a lot of money for, you know, seven figures for a movie is pretty expensive. Yeah. Like, you know, not like Clerks, which was made for like, what, $27,000. Yeah, but he still, he made like, that when he was, uh, still in film school didn't he uh, he was a film school dropout yeah i think he dropped out at that point and he went back to the the jerk in the cash register he sold all of his comic books he got him back though oh i'm sure he did <laughs> but anyway <laughs> what's his name mike, mike zapsic never did though yeah unfortunately <laughs> Talk about, okay. talk about a dark horse joke and callback, right? I don't think anyone's going to get that <laughs> reference. That's what I was about to ask you. Is that just between you and DA? No, no. That's uh, If you followed the, the show back in the day, Comic Book Men, uh, when yeah. Superstorm Sandy hit, and Mike Zapsick lost all of his comics because of the flood in his basement. So every once in a while, I crack a joke that he doesn't have a comic collection anymore. I've also seen the movie Comic Book Villains. Yeah. Uh, about the, uh, I guess there's a, a rare comic book that's you know worth so much money that these people like plan to steal it from this house. Holy crap, DA dude, you from, need to uh, sue them for the rights on that shit because that's your life. They, what? Yeah, very oh, used yeah. To, look it up. You broke into fucking Skywalker Ranch one time. Oh yeah. I, I'm oh, not you're a fanboy. About that anymore? <laughs> he is a fanboy. Oh, fanboys. <laughs> anywho, anywho, <laughs> um, gosh, what was I gonna? Uh, yeah. Uh, also, the character with Tommy Lee, he also teaches kids karate. Uh huh. Yeah, and he's a lot, favorite topic. <laughs> and he's a lot uh, nicer than creases in yeah. Karate Kid. <laughs> Doesn't say strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Weep the leg. Yeah, that's Karate Kid. No, hey, and best right. the best, it's pop it, Tommy, pop it. Yeah. <laughs> pop it, pop it. He wanted Freaking him to Eric pop it because Roberts. Eric Roberts is used to popping it. <laughs> oh, come on. Goes a weasel. Come on, he's he's good in this. I know. I'm just, I was just, you know. I know. He I'm is drug you. use. And that Julia, his, his sister became a bigger star, and his daughter is a little bigger, bigger star than him. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude. Samuel Roberts. Yeah. You yeah, know. So. All right, I got one. You got to marry, fuck, kill one. <laughs> oh, Eric, Eric Roberts, Emma Roberts, and uh, uh, Julia Roberts. Go. Uh, hey, Emma Roberts is talented, but she's just too skinny. Are you killing her? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to fuck Eric Roberts or marry him? <laughs> if I if I were into that, yeah. 
Well, I think by process of elimination <laughs> that you just did, that you are into that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd have to. I'd have to kill Julia Roberts. <laughs> what? Yeah. Man, Eric Roberts is getting fucked. Oh, yeah, he's getting some action tonight. Hey, Eric Roberts is awesome. Gosh, he's such a goddamn. Despite his drug use, the guy was a freaking talented ass actor. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, you know, you give him a nice little dinner, and he'll bend over and say, "Pop it, pop it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's him showing his pain and everything. Oh, he'll but show it, his pain when I stick it in. <laughs> Where the hell are we going with this? What is going on? All right, all right. As uh, we're gonna do a call back to Jeff here, we're gonna we're gonna swing it back over here. The best of the best. Uh, yeah, this is the best of the best. So one thing though that we have not talked about, best of the best, because we talked about a lot of things, including you know the gay overtones and whatnot on this episode. But um, we the, the soundtrack of best of the best has one of the best soundtracks I think in in all of action movies, like with sports and martial arts kind of action films. I think this is a hell of a hell of a lineup on the soundtrack. Oh, I love the uh you know the main theme of the song uh from Stubblefield and Hall. Yeah, best of the best. Go ahead and sing it. Get you going. Sing it. <laughs> Put yourself to the test and be the best of the best. Whoa. The best of the best. Ooh. Great freaking song. Man, you get a ticket to Hollywood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, bro. That was a little pitchy for me. I'm shocked that it I'm shocked that it wasn't um <laughs> that it wasn't done by Stan Bush. Oh jeez. Uh, yeah, who did Never Surrender for Kickboxer, Fight yeah. to Survive for a I think he did fight to survive for uh, Bloodsport and the touch from uh, the Transformers, the movie soundtrack from 86. Got the touch. Yep. Dun, dun, you got the power. I Sorry, still, so like, I still yep. think Mark Wahlberg had a better cover in 97. <laughs> oh, from Boogie Nights. Yeah. yeah. That was a nice reference to, to Transformers, the movie. But, wow. Cool. What? I think we got ourselves a Transformer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey, let's have him star in the next Transformer sequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was cool that they played that song in uh, Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. So that was a nice callback. So, but anywho. <laughs> um, yeah. Another addition on the Best of the Best soundtrack that I enjoyed was uh, the songs uh, by Golden Earring. Which is a band that like not a lot of people would know by name, but if you heard their songs, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I can't believe they did that song." Radar Love, right? Radar Love and uh, the Devil Made Me Do It, or the or the Twilight Zone. Huh? That song that uh, as I'm spinning through the Twilight Zone when the bullet hits the bone. I'd when the to, bullet hits the bone, you never heard that song? I I might have to listen to it on Spotify to see if it jars uh, memory. I know I'll what he's talking about. It. When a bullet hits the bone. All right. As I'm spinning through the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to like have uh, in concert with Jeff one of these days. I think uh, yeah, you that would be. Go. 
you should have a Twitch uh, stream where you just do karaoke. Yeah, that'd be cool. Do you have a karaoke also, machine? Uh, no, I don't, but I know I can probably buy them where I, where I work at. <laughs> yeah, you should do that, man. I, that would be cool. Uh, but yeah, most of those, sorry. I was going to say, that would be a cool uh, Twitch stream. I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd donate bits. <laughs> bits. Yep. Bits and berries. And in, in between each set, you can eat a nasty jelly bean. <laughs> and and uh, tell jokes to a certain person that has probably never heard of George Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was dirty dishwater. Yeah. <laughs> Dog food. <laughs> um. Anywho, but hey, that I just want to say about that. Also, that hairstyle that Eric Roberts had. Yeah. He puts his ponytail up. Well, it looks so badass and awesome. It's one of my it's favorite like, yeah. moves they ever do in porn films. Is when the chick puts her hair in a ponytail. For what purpose? <laughs> Being the best of the best at the Gluck Gluck Five Thousand. Is this? Oh gosh, uh, this is a nice little detailed review of a a, a nice eighties fighting movie. <laughs> it's it's all over the place, like the eighties. Eighties had everything. 80s. Yeah, <laughs> and this is like, oh, this is a man's man version of the Karate Kid, and yes, to me it works. The Karate Man. Yeah, Alex Alex Grady and Daniel Russo should get together. <laughs> that would be cool if they did like a little crossover, wouldn't it? Yeah. You had uh, Alexander Grady beat the crap out of Terry Silver. Oh, yeah. Let's see who can rock the ponytail better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what? At, <laughs> at the All Valley, it would be a hair versus hair fight. <laughs> yeah. Who's got the better ponytail? Yeah. Well, it's kind of no, his hairstyle is like a samurai. Yeah. Like he had some hair down at the bottom, but there, at the top it was like a like in a ponytail. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it looked really freaking cool. Well, if this was a man's Karate Kid movie, then of course they all had hair down at the bottom. Oh yeah, fun times. All right, final thoughts uh, on this movie before we head out, Jeff. Final thoughts. Gosh, um, very underrated. I wish a lot more people can see it like it's one of the best fighting movies from the 80s so i would give it like gosh three stars out of four you know it's a nice nice solid you know martial martial arts film that i felt that really did hit the notes pretty well you know just despite yeah just zoning out the cliches and everything and just enjoy what you see all right. How about you, Da? What? Uh, what? Your final thoughts and and your your first uh, observation of the film? So when you told me we were going to watch Best of the Best, I had nothing. I, I knew nothing about this film. I didn't know what the genre was. I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know what was going to go on. And I was at the edge of my seat the entire time. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. I really liked the editing style, the soundtrack, the sound effects, the story, the montages, the actors. I, I was blown away. I, I definitely would have to agree with Jeff and give it three out of four stars. All right. Yeah. Uh, and also, yeah, like I said, shaky camp does not work. No. Uh, 
just stand the camera still show it yeah exactly and have people on set that know what the hell they're doing too you know what i mean like i don't want to see like tom holland out there trying to throw spin kicks or some five foot five kid like yeah yeah it's we're on the the same page (laughs) but uh yeah and also i just want to also say eric roberts he was freaking jacked like he was in shape so he gave it all he got and also philip Ree. yeah so and also the nice little nice pedigree of actors that did give good performances and that chick they got punched in the bar. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a that is a, nose. that is a that was actually a well choreographed stunt, and that was done by uh yeah one of the great stuntmen and everyone's favorite Jason Kane Hodder. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um. Yeah. Best of the best. Uh, I agree a hundred percent with what both of you had to say about the film. Uh, anybody out there, if you guys are on the fence about this, if you got 90 minutes free and you want a good action flick with a little, you know, family overtone in there because the whole Alexander Grady and his son thing, which I think they could have done without. But, um, you know, if you wanted a good action movie, 90 minutes, you guys, you got 90 minutes to kill. It's a, it's a good watch. Go out and watch it. Go out and watch it. Um, fellas, uh, Jeff, go first. Uh, Diego, uh, second. Uh, any shout-outs or, or, or plugs? Uh, yeah, please. If you ever want to, check out my uh, podcast, Bald One Movie Reviews. Uh, it's available on uh, Spotify and Google Podcasts. Uh, just or whatever. You, uh, all I know is that the it's, it's on those ones right there. So, yeah, if you ever have time, check it out. Listen to my uh <clears throat> My uh, insight on film that I've films that I've seen. So, yep. And yeah, if you want to hear more from me, you could check me out on uh, Two Guys Drinking. Uh, it's available anywhere you get podcasts. And also, if you like beer and you like history, then the Beer History Podcast is for you. Just visit thebeerhistorypodcast.com and be able to listen or watch it on YouTube. All righty, fellas, thank you so much for uh, being on this episode. I had a lot of fun talking about best of the best and all kinds of other tropes from the 80s and 90s and whatnot in film and cinema and definitely had a whole lot of flair in this hour of uh, of podcasting. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to check out cinemaflare.com. We've got uh, we got a T-shirt up. You guys want to get a T-shirt? T-shirts. 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 We sell T-shirts. Exactly. We got the Cinema Flare T-shirt on there. And um, my life. Sorry? Cinema is my life and our life where we go. <laughs> oh yeah, movies are movies are fun, man. They make the world go around. Exactly. Yep. All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Rock on. <laughs>